Welcome to the Find Love After 40 podcast. I'm your host, Renee Suzanne. I'll be talking about all things dating after 40 so that you can find love faster and have a much better dating experience than I did. I went on over 100 first dates and learned everything the hard way before I finally met my husband on Tinder, so you don't have to. Let's go. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. I have a very, very special guest today. She is my friend and colleague, Kristen Lindell. She is an amazing coach for stepmoms. And she and I crossed paths when I was quite frankly struggling with being a new stepmom and looking for help and resources in navigating my own journey of being a stepmom, which full disclosure, I wasn't really interested in doing after raising my own four kids alone after the death of their father and getting them launched and being an empty nester, having so many fun years in the city with my girlfriends. And I wanted to find a great guy, but not necessarily do the mom thing again. And uh, I had this little rule about, I wasn't, I didn't, I did not date guys with kids and my wonderful husband slipped through and I found myself falling in love with him and becoming a stepmom. And my journey was not, was actually kind of a bumpy one. So I reached out to Kristen and I worked with her as my stepmom coach. And she was so helpful. It really revolutionized my, my uh, home life and my relationship. And I really thought that she would be a great person to interview here on the podcast, because I know at this life stage, dating over 40, you're meeting guys with kids. You are out there in the wild with guys who have kids, guys who's been divorced, guys who've been widowed, guys who maybe just have kids from a prior relationship. And do you date them? Is it worth it? What should you do about this? And Kristen is an expert in this field. So thank you for coming on, Kristen. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and, you know, to talk about this because like you said, when you're dating guys right over 40, many of them are divorced with kids, right? So this is like, um, it's hard if you you say I'm not going to date anybody with children because that really limits your options. Right. But of course, you've probably all heard horror stories about <laughs> women who do marry guys with kids and, and they end up, you know, getting a second divorce or it just be, turns into this really difficult situation that they just weren't expecting at all. So I, I totally get the hesitations um, and also, you know, understand on the flip side, it, it can be a limiting factor if you want to find love, if you want to find that person, if you completely limit or eliminate that pool of people from your dating circle. Exactly, which is what mm-hmm. I and so many of my clients wrestle with out there is how do we decide first of all if we if we should even be dating men with kids in the first place, which I think we should at least consider doing. Totally. <laughs> yeah. and, consider it, yes. Yes. And uh And then if you are going to consider dating men with children, 
how do you decide if that is if, if it's worth it if if okay, right there are you narrow your dating pool if you rule them out but if you include men who have children in the your people that you are considering dating how do you know when it's going to be a problem and when it isn't and how big of a problem is it going to be is it worth adding this layer of complexity into your dating life right yeah and so I'll start off with the good news right <laughs> the good news is that people who have already gone through a divorce right when they find a person who they want to get serious with they're less likely to um, want to mess it up again. You know, they've already been through the emotional and financial pain of divorce. And so they do tend to be more mature, you know, more open to commitment, not always, but so there's, there's some benefits to dating somebody who has already been through a divorce, who has children. Right. So that's kind of the good news, right? This, this could actually work in our favor. <laughs> in some cases, right? And then in terms of like, um, I mean, obviously I think the, the blanket answer then, is it worth considering dating a guy with children? Absolutely, yes, right? And there's different things that I would say you wanna watch out for and kind of keep in the back of your mind as you're navigating the dating world and you maybe come across somebody who has kids, right? Initially, you're probably not gonna meet the children until things become a little more serious, right? So you don't have a ton of data <laughs> necessarily at first. Um, but one of the things to consider is just right off the bat, how open is this person to feedback, to you know maybe some constructive criticism? Do they seem willing to grow and change if something comes up, right? In our relationship, we have a conflict. How do they, you know, how do they navigate that conflict, right? And to what extent are they flexible? To what extent are they more rigid, right? I think that's kind of like just in general what you're looking for in a partner. You probably want somebody who's more flexible, but even more so when it comes to somebody who has children from a previous relationship. That is really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I'm because spoiler alert, there's going to be conflict. <laughs> exactly. <I> mean, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I think this applies to anyone, regardless of whether they have children or not. We tend to think that when we meet the right person, it's just going to be smooth sailing because you got the right person. And that's just not true. You're going to be right. navigating, you're going to be navigating challenges no matter who you end up in a relationship with. So you need to have these skills and you need to look for someone who either has them or is open to working on them. Exactly. Right. At the very least is open to growing and changing. Right. And then as things get more serious and maybe you start to be introduced to the kids, you start to become more involved in like their family life. There's a couple of other things to look look for, right? Um, a big one, I think, for many people is where do you fall on the priorities? <laughs> right, right. In our in our first marriages, we have been taught to prioritize the couple, right? 
above and beyond the kids, right? Obviously it's not so black and white as that, but, but traditionally we center the marriage and the romantic relationship in our first marriages. And for some reason in the second marriage that kind of goes to the wayside, but that's not necessarily healthy for, it's not necessarily fertile ground for like a romantic relationship to thrive. So an example is like when you're hanging out with the kids and you're deciding like where to go to dinner, does your partner default to, well, whatever the children want is what we're doing, even if it's like McDonald's and you're like allergic to gluten or something, you know? Or does it seem like more of a compromise? Or do they say, no, like, we're going to go and do what we want to do as adults. You guys are more than welcome to tag along, right? So you want to be looking out for, when do they prioritize me, right? Or do they just say yes to everything the kids want? And then again, the third layer of that. And if I bring that up, do they like get defensive and shut down? Or are they like, you know what, you're right. I probably need to like reconsider how I'm doing things now that you're in my life, right? So that's a big one, right? Is where do you fall on the priorities list? And if you bring up something that you see that doesn't sit right with you, how does your partner respond to you, right? You also wanna be watching out for how he parents his children. Again, that's that's kind of going along with, is he overly permissive or does he set appropriate, like age appropriate limits and boundaries, right? If you two are like hugging in the kitchen and his 16 year old daughter walks in and like pushes you away, does he correct her? <laughs> or does he sort of like shrink and let that happen, right? And again, if you bring that up, does he get super defensive or is he willing to, um, see that maybe the way things had been with his kids were fine. But now that there's a new person in the home, we need to sort of readjust expectations and set more boundaries around, you know, the romantic relationship so that it can thrive, right? Um, so does he like correct his kids, right? When they're <clears throat> disrespectful or unkind, does he expect them to do chores around the home, right? Might not seem like a big deal now if you guys are not living together, but once you move in and there's like a stack of dirty dishes, <laughs> like in the sink, all over the counter, and there's like food everywhere, like food scraps all over the floor, and you come down for breakfast and you can't even grab like a clean cup of coffee, it's gonna bother you. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. So, yeah. <laughs> right. So those are some things you want to watch for, even considering like the ex, right? His ex. What is their relationship like? Some a lot of times when there's no other like person, um, when like the ex is single and when your partner, like before he found you, for example, um, many times the boundaries are sort of porous. Right. Oh, yeah. Just come on in. Come on into my home whenever you want. Like, feel free to drop by. You know, you can have a set of keys like to the ex. Right. That's going to have to change once you're in his life. It's just not no longer appropriate um, for those boundaries to be so porous. And how does he respond? Right. Does he start to step up? Does he set some more boundaries? Like if the ex is calling during a romantic date night with you, does he silence his phone? Um uh, if you say, hey, I don't want her coming over unannounced, I don't want her to have a key once you guys are already like moved in, for example, together, does he say like, yeah, you know what, you're right, that makes sense, or does he like throw a fit about it? <laughs> yeah, 
right? Right. Um, And then in terms of the ex as well, like how involved does she seem in parenting decisions that he makes? Right. This is going to be telling. It's not always something that you can control. It's not always something that's a deal breaker, but it is something to be aware of um, because that could reflect that the situation is going to be more tense once you're actually more involved in the day-to-day because you're always having to, or at least your spouse or your partner, whatever, is always having to consult with somebody else about really like minute details that happen in his home. Um, And what's their conflict situation like? Does it seem like they're always fighting whenever they talk? Right? That's maybe something you want to also be aware of, right? How will I handle that? If I say something to him about it, you know, does he agree that it's not maybe healthy to always be fighting this way with my ex, right? So it's kind of like these little, there are these extra considerations, right? In terms of how he is as a parent, right? How his relationship is with the ex that that you wanna look into and sort of check in with yourself, right? Number one, how am I with this? And then number two, if I say something to him about something I don't like, how does he react? Is he, is he inflexible? Does he stonewall me? Does he get defensive? Or is he open and willing to change? Yeah, these are these are such good points because I see all the time everywhere there is this mentality that kids come first. Kids should always come first. The kids are the most important. <laughs> and now I, w- I raised my four kids alone right. and I... I did put them first for a while, especially after their father first died, because I felt so, so bad for them. But then I kind of saw that I was doing them a bit of a disservice by not teaching. I don't think that prepares a kid, a, a child to live in the world by, I, I mean, I think to yeah. a certain degree, you know, you might end up raising narcissists if you. If exactly. Exactly. A hundred percent. So right? I my tune and I, yeah. I, I, you know, asked my kids to step up, ask them to do things, but what I didn't do was repartner. So I never really had to navigate this as a single parent. But then when I found my husband, there was definitely still this, there was, I just think it's in our culture, like the the kids come first expectation. And then if you don't just go along with that, you are somehow a bad person. Right. And that's, I mean, very normal, right? That we would think that way because it is like part of our cultural narrative. And a lot of the advice out there right now for step families, step moms is centered on the kids, how they feel how to deal with things when there's conflict, what they might be thinking, why things are so hard for the children, but it doesn't really center on stepmoms, or very few resources do. And beyond that, what we know just in general about um, marriages, right, is that, and raising children, is that they need structures and boundaries and limits to feel safe in their home. It doesn't mean they're going to be like, of course, I'll do the dishes and make my bed and, you know, put my dirty clothes in the hamper. No, they're still going to push back. They're still going to throw a fit. 
all that's very normal, right? But they, those uh, those boundaries and structures help them to feel safe. Those limits let them know that, um, you know, when I step out of line, somebody's going to be there to catch me. Yeah. Right. And that's really important for children. So it's not just like um, hypothetical. It, it's it's real that that we do need in our in our second marriages, right, in our step families to still center the couple and prioritize our romantic relationship. And like you said, of course, there's going to be times where like the kid's stuff has to come first. Like if somebody, if your kid breaks their arm and they need to go to the hospital and you have a date night planned, you're taking the child to the hospital, obviously. <laughs> right? like, you're not going to be like, all right, babysitter, you know, you deal with this broken arm. <laughs> well, I go, you know, have a glass of wine and then I steak. Of course not, right? But there are other times when you do need to center the couple and also realize that that is what's best for the kid, right? And I think a lot of divorced dads especially tend to feel overly guilty for the divorce, for what the divorce, quote unquote, did to the children. And they develop this more like peer-like relationship. This tends to be the trend versus the parent-child relationship. And if it's there, it doesn't mean it can't um, be changed. It doesn't mean that that's actually what dad wants, but it's just kind of what they've fallen into, right? And again, if you offer feedback, if you weigh in on something, you just want to watch for his response. You know, is he willing to reprioritize things? Because like you said, it's not healthy. If kids always get their way, Right. How do you think that grown up child is going to react when their boss tells them no to something? Yeah, it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> right. Because right? Exactly. they never learn how to sit with the discomfort of being told no. Right. And I completely agree with you. And that's how I raised my kids. But then I know a lot of do you think more fathers end up being permissive uh, they're usually yeah. the custodial parent as a yeah. mother I remember like when when my when the father of my children passed away he had been like the strict one and I had been the more permissive one and then once he died I was like oh now I'm the one who's going to have to make these kids behave there was no <laughs> right. you know and I feel like it's always more fun to be the fun parent and I, I feel like a lot of divorced dads want to be that one. They don't want to be the 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 heavy. They don't want to be bad cop, right? Or right. Is, is that just because I just dated men? It's no, it's it's actually more common with the dads because of what you're saying, like because they tend to be the non-custodial parent. And so they think, well, why would I have them clean up their dishes after dinner when they're only here? you know, every other weekend. Why? Well, because they're in somebody's home, right? They're in a home. They're part of a family in that home. They're expected to make a contribution. They need to learn how to feel okay with doing mundane tasks because that's part of adulthood too. (laughs) You know, like there's all these very good um, reasons for why, even though the time is short, we would want children to participate as members of our home and set those limits and boundaries, right? So they can feel safe in our home, but dads feel guilty. 
Yeah. So they got to deal with their guilt, right? They got to realize that that's not, they're not harming their kids by saying no, by having more expectations of them. So, yeah. And I, I agree with everything you're saying, but I know that a lot of the dads out there, the divorced dads, they really do want a wonderful woman in their lives, but it does seem like they do tend to be more permissive. And then I feel like a lot of women don't want to date these guys. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's, I think again, you got to look under the hood. Okay. Mm -hmm. He's permissive. And now what? Right. There's like two paths that this can go. One is that he like digs into his perspective and is never willing to to reprioritize me in his life, is never willing to enforce more rules and structure with his kids. How do I feel about that? And the other path is, okay, he is willing to be more flexible. He sees that this could be a problem later down the line. How do I feel about this, right? Am I willing to be patient as he changes? Because the reality is a lot of these guys are really good guys. They've just kind of fallen into, if you will, like an unconscious pattern with their kids where they might not even be aware of what they're doing. Yeah. You know, and I have seen, I typically only work with women, but sometimes I do work with couples as well. And I have seen, you know, with this last couple I worked with, I gave the dad some very direct feedback about being overly permissive with his kids and he took it and did like a 180. Right. So sometimes that's all it takes is, you know, maybe getting the help of a professional if, if, if things seem to be really difficult or sitting down and having those more direct conversations. Right. Sometimes that's all they need to really kind of open their eyes and reflect on what they truly want in life. Right. Because if they just want to be dad forever, well, guess what? The kids grow up and, you know, they might hate you one day. <laughs> because like we, we just don't know. Right. Yeah. So you're not, you're not going to be in that parenting role forever. So long-term, what do you want your life to look like? You know? I see that so much. Yeah. I see that all over social media where, mm -hmm. um, and I know I felt this way too, when my kids did grow up and I was becoming an empty nester, I felt so lost yeah. because I had, I had four kids. I had a very demanding job. I did try to date here and there with disastrous results. And now my kids were leaving too. And I was like, holy cow, what's, what's going to, what's going to happen. And, yeah. and I just felt really adrift for a while because that's who I was, was this very hardworking single mom. And I had not repartnered. And then I had, I had to decide like, was that going to be a priority to me or not? And what changes was I willing to make to have someone in my life? And I wonder if that happens with, I know you, I know you do work with, with women. Um, do you work just with married women, women who have or, or women who are also maybe have boyfriends and yeah um, also okay. boyfriends but usually they're pretty serious okay you know, yeah. they're thinking of they're either engaged or they're thinking about getting engaged um when they come to me yeah yeah because I I feel like when you um 
Like I had no idea. I knew I didn't want to date guys with kids, but, but I really wanted to give my husband a chance. And I'm so glad, exactly. so glad I did. Yeah. Wonderful. But we did navigate some of this and I'm not going to sit here and say it was easy. You know, it wasn't exactly it helped yeah. me, but I didn't really know how hard it was going to be until I was in it until. Yeah. 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 And I think that's very common, right? Because it, it really happens like, but that's with any relationship too. And maybe with a man with kids, it's more pronounced, but with any relationship, there's always that like, you know, rosy colored glasses phase where like everything's wonderful and you can overlook certain things and then you move in and like all of a sudden there's like your husband's dirty socks everywhere. And like, <laughs> His like beard hair is all over the sink, like, <laughs> right. Things aren't so rosy anymore. And now on top of that, you have kiddos who, um, you know, don't clean up after themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? yeah exactly. Whatever, right. Whatever it is that they're doing. And so um, it makes sense that there might be more conflict. Again, it doesn't mean that the relationship can't last or that it's not worth it because what I actually think is worth it with, when there's love and when your partner is willing to grow, I think it's worth it, you know, learning some new communication skills that are not just going to help like the relationship you're in, but also every other relationship in your life, like learning how to really bring up difficult things in a way that lowers defenses, increases the likelihood that listening is going to happen, that eventually you're going to get what you want as well. Um, I think that's, that's worth it. And in that process of learning to really argue well and navigate conflict well, you guys become closer. You understand each other better. You understand why your spouse, let's say, is so sensitive to getting feedback about his kids, <laughs> right? You understand those wounds, you're more empathetic. And when there's more empathy, there's more of a chance for compromise, right? And then it just gets better and better the, the stronger you get in navigating these difficulties. So you, your relationship can be maybe the best one that you've ever had by going through some of those harder moments. Yeah, that's that's very accurate. At least in my case, I can see yeah. so much of that is true. My husband is a wonderful man. We exactly. definitely had a few hiccups early on. I it's, it's funny because all of our big arguments and troubles have been because of this navigating the blended family situation, but it does make me wonder if it hadn't been that, would it have been something else? And this to me, I, the, the coach we were both trained by Brooke Castillo of the Life Coach School says uh, something along the lines of the the problems that you have in your life, the challenges that come up are like weights in the gym and they're helping you become the next version of yourself and, and navigating difficulties helps you build skills that you wouldn't have built otherwise. And I can see in my own evolution as a, a wife and a stepmom, it really did help me to I guess the first thing that, that this, not only this situation, but working with mm -hmm. you helped me to do is yes, I did develop some communication skills. I developed better boundaries. I learned how to 
communicate without losing my mind and being super upset, even when I was very emotionally triggered yep. to, to be able to communicate and like use, use my words and, and yes. um, navigate conflict. And another thing that you helped me with that was huge was having compassion for myself because I was oh, really? so I was just beating myself up. My kids had lost their father and I didn't want to be responsible for my stepchildren losing their father to me. So I thought the right thing to do was just to throw myself under the bus and be a good person. Right. You know, and that was yeah. not at all. No, because <laughs> then you become resentful, yes. right? There's a lot of anger when that happens. Yeah, so I think, so a big thing, I guess, that we haven't really touched on is that when you join these situations like these families um when you become a stepmom let's say or you join a step family in whatever way that looks like for you right maybe it's the moment you guys get serious maybe it's when you move in maybe it's when you get engaged um the kids right the relationship that you have with the kids you play a, a very small role in what that relationship will be like. And here's what I mean. The way that their dad um, parents them, right? How permissive they are or how supportive they are of you, you know, setting boundaries or correcting the kids if they're disrespectful or unkind. The more permissive and the more the dad continues to be permissive, the more difficult your relationship is likely to be with the kids how their mom feels towards you, whether she's like openly or covertly disliking you, undermining you, that's going to have a huge influence on the type of relationship you can have with the kids and also the ages of the kids. So between 10 and 16 is like considered the red zone. Those are the ages in which it's more likely that they'll reject you rather than accept you as a stepmom. So what does this mean? If we look at a pie, Right. And you're playing like a 5% role in how the kids like will treat you, what your relationship will be like. And everybody else has a much bigger role in that. So all that to say, like, it's not your fault. So that's kind of a big mantra that you want to adopt early on is like, I'm awesome. <laughs> no matter how these kids treat me, right. I'm here because my partner and I are choosing each other. We love each other the kids, there's a lot of factors outside of my control that are going to dictate our relationship. It's not me, right? doesn't mean you're just going to be like a total jerk to the children, right? You can right. still be kind, but you don't have to be a doormat because it's very likely that there's, if, if they're not liking you for whatever reason, or they're not warming up to you as you hoped, it's more likely than not have, it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with those outside factors. So that's like a big thing when you come into a step family is like, I got to reset my expectations here. I'm not their mom, which we know intellectually, but we still expect the kids to warm up to us because why not? Like we're nice people. We might have raised our own children or still have our own kids who love us. Not the same in that stepmom role, especially oh, wow. in that stepmom role. Right. And so if we just release that burden we're going to feel just at baseline so much more comfortable and confident with our partners in that situation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I know. And, and um, 
Now, for me, seven years in, it's it's things have things do change. It's not always yes. the same. I would say the beginning was super rough. There was a lot of negotiation happening. I knew I had a good guy. I knew like rock yeah. solid. I had a wonderful husband and he was a good person. And um, yes, there was some difficulties. It, it didn't seem like there was going to be at first. It was kind of a surprise. Mm -hmm. at, at first, you know, I thought, oh, these kids are, they're, they're cute kids. They're good kids. Right. I still, they are good kids. Um, yeah. At first, their mom liked me. Now, not so much. And right. I can tell they're not supposed to like me. They, yes. I can catch them liking me and then catching themselves. <laughs> and then they're like, <laughs> yeah, oh my God, back, right? like her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. Yeah. And then, and now one of them just turned 18 and the other one is 15 and things are moving along. And, you know, I hung in there for, for seven years. I did get support and help navigating the situation. And guess what? I get to keep my husband. These kids are going to grow exactly. up. Exactly. They're gone. Yeah. <laughs> I could have spent this last seven years on freaking Tinder, match.com. Okay. Cupid, all of them looking for Mr. Perfect. Yes. Which would have been probably just as hard as what I did. Yeah, because he doesn't exist. Yeah. That's also the thing is like, you know, for, for I know that we as a culture like are really raising up the, the single lifestyle. And the truth is though, we're social creatures, right? We we do struggle sometimes being by ourselves. Yes. Right. And really nice to have a partner like a guy who you know is a good guy there's going to be some conflict right but when you know you can navigate it right you've seen evidence that you guys can navigate your differences and that and when you don't personalize how his kids treat you right doesn't mean you're a doormat you can still say like hey that's not how you speak to me or or anybody right <laughs> matter ever <laughs> right yeah like you can just like coach them in a way or offer them mentorship you don't become a doormat but you don't take it personally because you know it's not you I think that's when you start to really um yeah have this like longer term vision of you know these kids they're gonna leave they're not my whole life right my worthiness my goodness is not dictated by how they treat me it's not dictated by what their mom thinks of me Right. I'm just a good, worthy, whole person, no matter what. And these, these, these dynamics right now, they're not always going to be here. And then what's left? Like, do I see myself with this guy, you know, when I'm 65 or whatever? Yeah. Like, probably yes is the answer for, for most yeah. of us. If we're to that stage where we're really getting, you know, serious. Yeah, for sure. What made you in your own journey as a stepmom decide for yourself that yes, you were going to, I mean, not only did you hang in there as a, as a stepmom, but you decided to take what you learned and help other women by becoming a stepmom coach. Yeah. I just think there's like, I don't know at what point I decided it was pretty early on, I think, because I felt like, like you said, like the early stages are the most difficult. Right. And again, you're in the early stages. You don't have to go through this alone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like you can get support and help. There is kind of a way out of this. 
um, difficult stage, right? But it was very difficult. I felt like a lot of the advice was kind of like just grin and bear it, you know? And it didn't feel like there was a lot of um, good information out there that was supportive of stepmoms and also like destigmatizing of stepmoms, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people feel very guilty. Oh, I don't love my stepkids like my own kids. Well, guess what? That's like normal. And also biologically sound, meaning like there's lots of research that shows that, you know, when we adopt a child or we give birth to a child, that bond is unique. So of course you might not love your stepkids like your own and that's cool. That's normal. doesn't mean you're a bad person, right? So there's all these things that I felt like were these myths that we needed to um, you know, show people how they were wrong so that they could stop walking around with all of the shame and actually really feel good at home in their roles and with their partners, right? Because that's what this is all about is we married this guy who we love, we want to make it work. But if I feel horrible on the inside and I'm constantly beating myself up and I'm, you know, getting treated like garbage by my stepkids and like his ex hates me, that marriage is probably not going to last that long, right? So I really wanted to help stepmoms take away the shame, you know, learn how to navigate conflict better. Because again, there was just, in my, in my mind, there was a huge lack of resources sharing these perspectives. And I still feel like I'm one of the only ones who's so brutally honest, but also like so normalizing and like, yes, all these difficulties are very, very common. Doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I loved working with you. You were my lifeline during those <laughs> early times when I was really wondering what in the world I signed up for. I know. Right. Yeah. Cause we've all been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on today and, and sharing these things. I really want women to consider dating men with children. It's, it's, it's definitely doable. It's definitely worth it. There are so many wonderful men out there with children who would really be great and want to share their lives with you. So Kristen, tell our listeners how they can find you if they are in a place where they are considering dating a man with children or maybe dating a man with children, getting serious and coming up against some some challenges and wondering absolutely what to do. Yeah. <laughs> like, is, this, is this just doomed? Yeah, absolutely. So I'd say that the easiest thing for folks to do is to come um, start following me on Instagram at the dot stepmom dot coach. Um, and from my Instagram page, I have a little quiz you can take. I have a way you can join my email list where you get access to a free training and like lots of the tips and stuff that we've gone over here together. Um, and then if you are considering hiring somebody or if you feel like you need to hire someone for more support, there's also a link for a free consultation call where we can assess if we would be a good fit. So that's at the dot stepmom.coach on Instagram. Great. Thank you. And we're going to link those up in the show notes so that people can find you because I I have worked with you myself and I just benefited so greatly. So I'm really so grateful for the work that you're doing out there. You're doing very good things in the world. 
Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. As you can tell, I'm very like passionate about this subject. I love talking about it. I love complexity. <laughs> so um, this is just really, it's a joy for me to come on and talk about this stuff and help hopefully like demystify why things are so difficult and also like provide some um, really valuable insights for folks who are navigating right the dating world and finding these guys right because like you and I both agree that it is worth it right it can really be worth it there are lots of good men out there you might have to navigate some challenges at the beginning especially but like you said like you become stronger right you become a more evolved version of yourself you yeah. work through insecurities that have been there all along. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Like you really do. And so it's it's really a holistic um, growth opportunity that can also result in a really beautiful, long lasting, you know, partnership. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate you coming on. Of course. Thanks for listening to Find Love After 40. If you enjoyed this show, please be sure to hit subscribe and leave me a review. Your reviews help other women find this show. If you'd like to know more about my coaching program, head over to my website at reneesuzannecoaching.com.